Okay. Well, um, were you guys, anybody here ever pick first um, in elementary school or middle school? No. Yep, you're right, son. I raised you. Ethan, come on, man. You're a pick first. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I think I am. It's, 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 it's counting up, or it was. Uh, um, well, it's supposed to be. It's, it's, it says live. All right. Uh, now they're going to pick them again because they already did. I got the camera. Um, did anybody else ever get picked pick first for anything that you can remember? All right. And when you didn't get picked, you kind of like, uh, how come I'm last? Or maybe I should ask who was picked last. No, I'm not going to ask that. All right. Oh. <laughs> Uh, hey, look, speaking of picking, I know I know about being on team. In fact, I was just talking to uh, Horatio Perez about this. We, we rode together to the football game the other day. I've said how, you know, as a coach, I always I always told my team, uh, I told the people who went out for the team, I told them personally, you know, rather than posting it. Because when I was growing up, you posted the team on a sheet of paper outside of the door, you know, and my 10th grade year, me and my friends went, you know, to go see who made the team tryouts for basketball, and those two made it, and I didn't. So it was, uh, you know, it was it was tough. And But, you know, but when you are picked for anything, it, it feels pretty good, right, when you're chosen. So today, I, I feel like I – well, let me turn this thing here so it's facing But I feel like it, I, you're going to be encouraged today, okay? I feel like this is one that I'm I'm excited to share. I don't know, sometimes I'm not always I don't always feel that way, um, but today I, I feel excited to to uh, to tell you things about your you as a Christian uh, based on Ephesians um, chapter one verses four through six. Okay, and so uh, basically, and I, it might be up on the screen here, uh, or it's going to be up. It's the next one, Miss Rhonda, and that's our central statements. Real simple, three points. All right, uh, not alliterative. Sorry. All right, but uh, but God chose us, He adopted us, and He's accepted us as His children. All right, if we've given our lives to Christ, those th- those things apply to us as Christians. So uh, we'll look. We're going to start in verse four. All right, um, but I would like actually I kind of lied a little bit. I want to actually I didn't mean to do that, but I want to actually go back a little bit before uh, to last to verse three. Okay, uh, that we did last week because this is uh, uh, their second. Uh, one in uh, Ephesians. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless and love before him. So the first point is real simple. God chose us. God chose us. And now, this is the doctrine of election. Are y'all familiar with that term? Election? Uh, predestination uh, is a form of that. Uh, a doctrine that has confused many people over the years who are a whole lot smarter than I am. Okay? Uh, and so um, a seminary, in fact, I love what a seminary professor once said, try to explain election and you may lose your mind, but try to explain it away and you may lose your soul. So it's still, it's still important, uh, but, but what I, what I want to stress today is that salvation begins with God. Okay, He did the choosing. John 15 verse 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. This is Jesus speaking. I appointed you to go and produce fruit. And that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Uh, you didn't do the choosing. I chose you. Okay? I chose you. God chose us. The lost sinner, uh, because it's very, you know, we all know this. The lost sinner, we don't seek God, do we? Uh, before we came to Christ, you know, we, we didn't seek God. We didn't care what about the things of God. We didn't. Those things weren't important to us. Right? So the lost sinner left to his own ways does not seek God. Romans 3, verses 10 through 11 says, as this is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. 
no one who seeks God. God in his love seeks to sin. Look in Luke 19 verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to what? To seek and to save the lost. Right? He, he does the choosing. He is the initiator of that love. He makes the first move. And I, I know Ethan can't relate to this because, you know, I, I, he's not a very good looking man. All right, but just playing with you, brother. If I have somebody like this in here, I'm going to always pick on them. All right, but anyway. Um, but, you know, do you recall when you were in middle school, you asking a friend if your friend would find out if that girl liked you? Or the other way around, boy, girl, whatever, whatever it is. Whatever, come on, I, I'm sure the girls did the same thing. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing the girls did the same thing. Okay, I know the guys did. I, I, you know, I was guilty of it. Hey, man, yeah. Hey, can you go ask her? She, she kind of likes me a little bit. You know, and they're like, why don't you ask her? I said, no, 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 no. I can't do that, man. I can't do that, brother, man. You go you help me out. All right, you go find out. All right, uh, it's just one of those things. But, uh, so, but again, it's like, why don't you just make the first move, you know? Uh, but see, God makes the first move. God makes that first move. We, we do not. Uh, and now, and so if you are taking notes, the points are kind of interesting today in that I'm going to make a statement that goes with the, each point, okay? Like for instance, the first one is gonna be God chose us, and then I have dot, 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 I'm gonna ask a question, and then I'm gonna give a statement as an answer, okay? So I'm gonna answer my own questions, all right? Like us good teachers do anyway, because we don't uh, do wait time very well. All right, I'm the only one? Okay, Mr. Mm-hmm. Anstack, no, I'm not, okay. All right, so first one, God chose us, dot, 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 why? Why did he choose us? For his pleasure. See, God, Tony Evans said, God created us for himself, for his happiness. He's chosen us to be holy and blameless so that the church will bring him pleasure. Like, a lot of times we don't think about it that way. It's all for his glory, and he is jealous for his glorious name. He is jealous for his glorious name. Deuteronomy 7, verse 6 says, For you are a holy people belonging to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be his own possession out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. He's chosen, and now we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a couple weeks. All right, second one. So why, again, because of his glorious name, to bring him glory for his pleasure. The second little mini point here, sub point, God chose us in who? How did he choose? In, in Christ. Okay, uh, look back and, and see this. Actually, Miss Rhonda will hit, I think it's right, the next one. For he chose us in him. See, don't, 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 let's, let's make sure we see that. Because we get it twisted all the time. Can I see it still, still say that, Ethan? Do we still say get it twisted? Do we? No? Okay, yeah, all right. Uh, but I think the world, we, we get that twisted. Right? And we think that, that it's in something else that, uh, that, that we have salvation. It's, it's, in, it's in going to church. It's in church attendance. It doesn't say that, though. Or it's in, it's in getting baptized, which is an act of obedience. Right? But it doesn't save you. All right? Uh, or it's it's in um, you know doing good works and doing these list of do's and not doing these list of don'ts. No, it's in Him, in Christ. We refer to that in verse three earlier. Uh, there, you can look back at that, back at that if if you want. There, oh, I lost my place here. All right, he chose us in Christ. And so again, like I mentioned earlier, the doctrine of election is one of the most misunderstood understood teachings of the Bible. At its most basic level, election refers to God's plan whereby he accomplishes his will. Okay? We're not him, though. We're not God. The meaning of election is best understood as, and this is, I got this, uh, I can't remember who, I can't, I can't give credit to who, who uh, said this, but some a very good theologian said, God's sovereign initiative in bringing persons to faith in Christ, resulting in a special covenant relationship with him, is his plan of salvation for the world. And like we know that his ways are higher than our ways. 
His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But ultimately, we're not God. So we're all on the hook, as for, so to speak, when it comes to salvation. We still have to make a choice. We don't, we don't know. I, I don't, I'm not God. I don't, I don't know. And some of that stuff is beyond me, okay, and beyond my, uh, my little mind to understand all that. All I know is we don't know, all right? And so we have a choice. We have a choice. God has put a choice of, of, of life or death in front of us, and we must choose life. He chose us in Christ. It's what Christ did. I love the fact that in Ephesians, and if you remember, I told you like the first half, I told you last week, the first half of Ephesians is like a lot of statements of belief, a lot of you know, what we believe in, our creeds, and, and, all, and it's really heavy and, and very hard to understand. Right? At some points, I said last week, it's one of the most you know, hard to understand books in the Bible. Right? But then the second part of it is uh, the application of that. And so um, it's very cool to me that in Ephesians, the words in Christ or in him or in the Lord Jesus is said for at least 40 times in this book, in the small book. It's in him, in him. So I'm going to keep going back to that. You're going to hear that so much over the next several weeks. In Christ, not in what we've done, in Christ. Amen? God chose us, next point, God chose us when? Well, before time began. Right, before time began. Note that God chose us even before he created the universe so that our salvation is wholly of his grace and not on the basis of anything we ourselves have done because it was before us, before 2 Timothy 1.9 says, He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. I, I can't say it better than what the word says right there. Okay? I just love to let the word preach it. God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. And that, I love that because it indicates the centrality of the gospel plan in God's plan for history. The gospel is central. He knew what he was doing from the beginning. And then uh, the last point under this is God chose us for what purpose? Okay, so we have a relationship with Christ. And, um, what next? To be holy and blameless in love. And that's important because I, I feel like there are some people who can easily take this and uh, the, you know what the experience of accepting Christ and use it as a as an excuse to sin, a, a, a license to sin almost. Ever, you ever heard that? Ever heard that argument? You know, oh well, you know, I just kind of do whatever I want to do. But see, I just I feel like if you truly have a relationship with Christ, you're not going to want to do those things. You know, your your desire is going to be for God. And will you still mess up? Yes, I, we still mess up, but. You know, then the Holy Spirit draws us back and say, you know, I, I confess that I did this and I did that. God, please forgive me. All right? And so um, we, he's called us to be holy and blameless in love. We should want to obey the Father. First Thessalonians 4 verse 7 says, For God has not called us to impurity, but to live in holiness. That's our calling, to live in holiness. He chose us for a purpose. Y'all remember Spider-Man? The old Spider-Man movies, not the ones now, the Marvel movies that are actually really good. You know, we watched all of them, but the old Spider-Man movies. And the Spider-Man, the very first one, and Spider-Man's uncle, I think it was his uncle, all right, said, with great power comes great responsibility. All right. So with, with, with the fact that we're chosen, all right, uh, in the Bible, election is always unto something. Okay, It is a privilege that carries a great responsibility. Great responsibility. And he wants his church to represent him in a certain way. Ephesians 5, verses 25 to 27, he's talking to the husbands, Paul is, but he also makes a statement about, about the church of God. He says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. For what reason? To make her holy, 
to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. And that's kind of a loose uh, illustration here, loosely connected illustration, but I think it still has a point, and I think it'll still be applicable for a lot of, because there's a lot of teachers in the house, or former teachers. And we always wanted our students to be really good whenever we weren't there, right? Uh, anytime we weren't there, we want our students to, to do well. I, I know I'm, obviously I'm still that way. I want my, even for a PE class, I want, I want whoever the sub is to say, man, I, your class is a good class. Because right? I take pride in that. And I want my students to, to, to take pride in it also. Right? Because they represent me. You know? And so it matters. Uh, we, you know, I may have said this before, but whenever uh, I was a basketball coach for all those years at Hamilton County, and before I was at Hamilton, it didn't matter where I was, and when I was a coach, we always tried to leave that locker room, that visiting locker room, cleaner than before we got there. And it wasn't because, well, it might be a little bit because I was a little bit OCD, but, uh, but, but you know, but yeah, just a little bit, man, it's like, just a little bit, coach. Um, but, but I just wanted, I wanted to represent our school well and our county well. I wanted them to say, man, that Hamilton, man, I appreciate them, you know? Uh, and we actually did get a call or two every now and then from schools, you know? Hey, I just want to tell you, man, your basketball team, you know, was fantastic, you know, and they were just, you know, I just, because we represented something beyond ourselves and we should be the same way. We should strive to live holy and blameless lives before others for his glory, right? Because we represent Christ, amen? 1 Corinthians 10, 31, this is a verse that keeps coming back here recently. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. And, and I found this very interesting in my study of, of Ephesians that, that, see, the Ephesians who Paul was talking to, they would have gotten this. It, would have, it really would have made sense to them uh, because it turns out that the notion of purity before God from, uh, was actually, like they kind of would have gotten that because the Artemis Ephesia was portrayed in antiquity as a virgin huntress. Um, sexual purity of some form was required of Artemis' followers. So while it was a pagan religion, for some of those people involved in that, they would have understood about purity. They would have understood that. And Paul spoke to him uh, right there. See, uh, and as we kind of wrap up this point, I want to make this, uh, this first point here, make, say the following statement. Holiness and blameless, blamelessness are the results of God's election, not the basis. Not the basis. They're results. It's what comes from out of us because we are saved. And I feel like, again, that, that I think churches have, have you know, I, I, can, I can testify to it. I've gone to churches, and, it, and I've said this before, it does feel like to some degree when I was a kid that, you know, the teaching was do good, be good, do, but don't be bad, and, and you'll be blessed if you do good, you know. And um, you have to be careful with that because our goodness is filthy rags. Right? And, and so we, have, we do have to be careful about that. So in other words, we don't get chosen because of our holiness and blamelessness. We live holy and blameless lives because we belong to him. Amen? So point number one again, God chose us. Second point is God adopted us. And I want to show a really short video here for you.
Have you ever seen that? That's powerful. That's powerful. And I thought about it this morning. How 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 joy, joyful she is to find out that she was being adopted. You know, um, and, and I, I just I, I I love this one. Okay, so this is a big one. Um, have you ever met anybody who, who's who's adopted? Have you met anybody? And we have a lot of people, a lot of friends, and uh, you know, I have friends who have been adopted. Um, and, and it's always here. You know what they what they say is, see, you know, I'm special because they chose me. <laughs> you know, they chose me, um, and, and he's chosen us and he's adopted us. Oh, sorry. Um, I had a friend named uh, Johnny Brown who was a pastor at Burnham for a while. While he claimed that he didn't really care to even look for his real parents. He kind of always said that I didn't really care. I, I mean, I, I, those are my parents, the ones who adopted me. They're they're mine. Uh, Jimmy Welch um, shared shared his story uh, as a father who adopted Jay. Jay is a good friend. I don't know what's going on here. Turn it away from me. Um, but uh, Jay and Linda Welch, Welch are friends of ours still. Uh, and and Mr. Jimmy said shared his story as a father who adopted Jay. He said that he has never considered Jay to be adopted. He was always ours. And that's how he looked at him. He was always ours. Can, can you imagine for a second what these Ephesians would have felt like whenever they read these words? Like when you really put it and, and, and you watch that video, hopefully that kind of helps, helps us see like how much, how, what, what, they have, what would they have felt during this time? Some of these people were slaves. Like literal slaves with absolutely no rights at all. And now Paul, this guy Paul is telling them that they're no longer slaves. Remember you read that song earlier? I mean, we played that song earlier. We're no longer slaves. I'm not, oh, I'm not a slave anymore, but wait, I'm a child? I'm adopted? Wait, wait a minute, Paul. Wait, wait. Really? Like, I mean, imagine, imagine how, how that must have made them feel. All right? and, and I hope that it does something to you as well to know that you're, you're adopted. Okay? Uh, a woman named Lisa wrote the following, and, and it's, a, it's, too, it's a little bit long, but I, I, I can't say it any better than her. I, and I just thought it was a very good illustration of that whole idea of adoption because she had come from a point a point in life that I mentioned earlier where it seems like you know I was taught to do this and do this and if I didn't then I, I would lose my salvation or whatever and so here's what she says adoption is attractive to me because it is the perfect antidote to legalism which is what I was referring to earlier uh, legalism does whether they it, it, it's intended I don't think it's ever intended to be preached I just feel like it's kind of like an accidentally uh, conveyed uh, to, to, to people. But he said, she goes on to say, legalism was the driving force in my life. I kept trying to be good enough for God, but despaired at how impossible the task was. At the very heart, I was afraid of one thing. At some point, I would do something terrible and consequently lose my salvation. Although the church I was raised in preached assurance of salvation, like ours does, I often wondered if I believed it mostly because I wanted it to be true. The confusion came from the fact that although the churches I attended said they believed in the assurance of salvation, they preached a list of things one had to be had to do to be a good Christian. I got the feeling that if you failed in any of those areas, you probably were not saved to begin with. This, this study of adoption has clarified the confusion I once felt, said Lisa. Adoption is a legal procedure which secures a child's identity in a new family. God didn't choose to be our foster parent. A foster parent, you know, have them for a little while, not good enough so you can go. 
We don't get kicked out of the family because of our behavior. We don't have to worry day to day whether or not we are good enough to be part of the family. In his infinite kindness, God made us a permanent part of his family. Nothing can undo the legal procedure that binds me to Christ. Amen. He died to redeem me. He signed the adoption papers, so to speak, with his blood. Ooh, that's a good one. That'll preach. Nothing can cancel the work he did for me. I am free from the fear of falling away. Hallelujah. Isn't that a good word? I can't say it better than her. I'm like, how do I paraphrase that? I mean, that's perfect. Adoption in the Roman world, by the way, uh, emphasized the rights and the privileges of sonship. Um, and the analogy of our spiritual lives was one of Paul's favorites. Go, go follow me with, here for a moment as we look at a couple of verses here from Romans and Galatians. Romans 8.15 says, For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. Romans 8 verse 23 says, Not only that, but we ourselves who have the Spirit as a first fruit, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Galatians 4 verse 5 says, To redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons or daughters. See, in Paul's day, the head of the family would adopt a son, often a grown man, in order to pass on the family name and inheritance. That happened. Uh, note how the saints inheritance is also important later in the chapter like let me refer to you to Ephesians 1 verse 11 in him we also have received an inheritance because we are predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purchase of his will so as we do little sub points only have a couple under, under this one God adopted us dot 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 when again before time before time again Willie Nelson used to sing about the fact that you are always on my mind. Right? Come on. I ain't no Willie. Right? But I, I, I'll try. Well, it really was the case for God. And it was before time even began. So we can't even imagine that. Someone wrote at one time, again, I, this is anonymous, but it says, or unknown, says, longer than there have been fishes in the ocean, higher than any bird ever flew, longer than there have been stars up in the heavens, I've been in love with you, says God. Amen. The second one, God adopted us how? Again, through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. Human initiative seems to be purposely undercut here when we're also told that God chose us before creation. And see Ephesians 1 verse 14 if you want to look at, I mean verse 4, I'm sorry, we look back at that one that we just read earlier. Before we could do anything of merit, God chose to love us. 2 Timothy 1 9, I actually read this earlier. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Again. Romans 8, verses 29 through 30. For those he foreknew, he also predestined, predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that, he, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What awesome things to look forward to. Next one, God adopted us. Why? Again, for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. See, he, he wanted to do that, just like, a, you know, just like uh, now. And that family that we saw, he, they wanted to adopt that child. They wanted to do it. Again, we, we lose, I think we lose the, the huge impact that Paul's statement would have had on that set, in that setting, right? Again, we have to always kind of, yes, it speaks to us, praise Jesus, it does, and we can go to it every day, and it's the Word of God, and it's holy, and it's true. But also looking at the context, it makes it even more meaningful when you consider the context. See, late slaves in, in Greco-Roman antiquity were legally not human persons at all. Nothing. They were nothing. 
even if they were treated as such by the kindly masters, it didn't matter. Legally, they were nothing. And so I would suggest that when we look at these verses 4 and 5, and it seems like people will read that, and it'll be like, oh, let's have a debate about predestination. We're going to debate this and argue because we love to argue. Right? But rather than it being some theological debate about those things and free will and predestination and all that, I think it rather than that it should be it should serve as an invitation not to debate but to worship. Worship a holy God who loves us, who chose us, who adopted us, and said, I'm, I'm, you're mine. I want mean, to talk about that in a couple of weeks. You know, signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. So if you're a Stevie Wonder fan, uh, come back in about two weeks, all right? and, and, and I might sing again for you. No promises, because right? I don't want to keep the uh, people that we do have coming. All right? Amen. Uh, so when we realize that God has chosen us to belong to Him because of His love for, uh, for us, our hearts, they pour forth blessing to pour out. Put it simply, God chose us because that's what He decided to do, and doing so made Him happy, made, gave Him pleasure. The more we consider God's delight in us, the more we will be drawn to worship. And, and God forgive us, our church, our churches over years for not conveying that message. Because I know I, 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 I felt the same way as that young lady did earlier, right? growing up. And I also want to stress that the inheritance of the to the highly exalted position as sons is not restricted to males. By the way, just in case y'all thought y'all were being left out, ladies or to Jews, or even the free people, but to all whom the Lord extends His grace. Galatians 3, 28-29, There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Doesn't matter. Democrat or Republican, it might say in there. All right? Doesn't matter. Again, anyone. For the Christians at Ephesus uh, who, were, who were here and had been slaves, to hear that God had predestined them not just to become God's freedmen, 1 Corinthians 7, 22, and read that part, for he is called by the Lord as a slave, as a Lord's freedman. All right? Likewise, he who is called as freedman is Christ's slave. But also, next one, as you know, free children, John 1, 12, all who died, excuse me, but to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God to those who believe in his name. But because of this... To become ruling sons or daughters was an astoundingly magnificent statement of God's lavish grace poured out upon the objects of His love. 1 John 3, 1, See what great love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children. Didn't we sing about it earlier? I'm a child of the King, I'm a child of the King. Jesus is my Savior, I'm a child of the King. The reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know Him. In Galatians 4, verses 3 through 7, you could uh, read that again with me. We read it earlier today, or Ethan did, and I appreciate Ethan doing that. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were in slavery under the elements of the world. When the time came to completion, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, all right, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of a Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave but a son. And if a son, then God has made you an heir. So again, as we go to the next point here, God chose us, He adopted us, and He's accepted us. Ephesians 1.6, To the praise of His glorious grace that He lavished on us in the Beloved One. See, I mean, yeah, it was cool to be chosen the few times we might have been chosen or not, you know, at least we weren't last place or whatever, last one chosen. 
maybe we were I don't know but um, and, and, and it's all obviously awesome to be adopted as well but especially now I think it's a very timely one uh, I think there's a lot of people who don't feel accepted you know and they try to do this and do that and to be accepted you know I've always been somewhat of a people pleaser uh, I, I can't help that's that's how I am uh, and, and I have to fight against that sometimes I was voted most friendliest in high school you know uh, because I, I wanted people to like me you know and it always hurt me when I coached basketball that people would boo or would say things about me because I, I took it personally you know because I wanted to be accepted and I've always had a soft spot in my heart for those who are who are marginalized or, and picked on and, and and not accepted you know that's always been something that's bothered me and here's the thing in Christ we are accepted. We are accepted for who we are. We don't have to change our personality to be like. We, God loves us just the way He, way we are. He really does. And He decided a long time ago. So if you're taking notes, I had two quick little points under this. God accepted us, dot, 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 by how much? Lavishingly. He, uh, in fact, a New American Standard says, freely bestowed. You know, freely bestowed on us. We cannot make ourselves acceptable to God. We can't do it. But He, by His grace, made us accepted in Christ. This is our eternal position, which will never change. The ultimate purpose of God's redemptive plan is to the praise of His glorious grace. Grace. Grace is God's free favor to the undeserving, right? Getting what we, what we don't deserve. We're given that grace simply because God is gracious. And again, He just doesn't accept us, but He accepts us lavishly. Second little sub-point here. He accepted us how? In the Beloved One. It's in that verse there. Christ. We are not accepted again based off anything we have done. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Beloved One refers to Christ and it recalls the Father's declarations at Jesus' baptism and His transfiguration. Let's look at those real quick. Uh, at His baptism and a voice, Matthew 3.17, a voice from heaven said, This is my Beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And then in Matthew 17, 5, in the transfiguration moment there, while he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Because other ones like, Hey, what about, you know, maybe we should build a tent, and, you know, for this, no, uh, my beloved one. He's the one. See, God chose us, He adopted us, and He has accepted us as His children. As I asked Mr. Loris to come up, hey, I, I did pretty good today. All right? I, did, I, I didn't mean to, but I think I gave your time back from last week. Okay? All right? I'll, I'll, I'll lie and say I, I did it on purpose. But read that statement again. God chose us, adopted us, and accepted us as His children. So we can stop trying to prove ourselves. We can stop trying to, to live on a, like a checkbox of do's and don'ts. And just, you know, love on God and, and accept the fact that He that we are His children. You know, and we should want to please Him. We should want to. And see that's a, that's the kind of thing that want to. Right, right, um, Ethan. Ethan had a want to. I like to pick on Ethan, but man, uh, you know, when he played football and I, I never wonder if I ever told him this, well, I love to watch Ethan play football. Man, that dude wanted it. Right? I mean, he was gonna get that quarterback. I mean, he coming. Right, because he he wanted to. It was a want to, and see, so you can't. A lot of times you can't you can't teach that. You can't teach a want to, you know. 
And so it's got a comfort fact, you know, an appreciation. But I do think that, you know, one thing that my guys, and I said this before, I feel like my guys at some point when they understood I wasn't going anywhere and that I was for them, that I loved them, they'd, they had a want to then. Oh, they'd, they'd, do, they'd do whatever I asked. Right? Well, it's kind of the same thing with, with us, right? We've been accepted. We, we've been adopted. We've been chosen. So stop trying to earn God's love. Stop trying to, to be accepted or you know, all, you know, thinking that your past failures, you know, exclude you from God's grace, you know, or hey, look at this, uh, look how much money I have, and you know, maybe God will accept me then. And none of that stuff matters. We must enter through Christ. There's nothing in us that makes us desirable. So, because of Jesus, we've been chosen, we've been adopted, we've been accepted, and, and I feel like most of you have, you know, know this already. So I just, you know, I, I do want to still say that. The altar is open. It's still an invitation to trust Christ as your Savior if you want to make that decision today. Uh, but if you've already made that decision, you know, I want you to be encouraged by that today. Right? And live out, not out of like, you know, oh man, i got to do this, but out of a love for a God who is in Him first. Right? We, in us, we, can't, we, don't, we don't desire those things. Okay? But may, may that be what we, we do going forward. I love you guys, and we want to ask uh, Miss Sally to come up. Him three hundred.